You're listening to the Nomcast, a proud member of Forgotten Entertainment. Hello, and welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can check us out on the web at NomcastPod.com. All right, we are recording this episode on March 1st, so we have survived what we hope is the last month of what we in the business call Dumpuary, the period of time where all the movies that no one knows what to do with all get dropped in the first couple months of the year. Now, my friend of the show, Casey Moore, just dropped an article on what's on Netflix.com today entitled Every New Netflix Movie Released in 2022. And within that article, he listed out all the Netflix original movies for February and noted that of those 19 films, the average IMDb score was a 5.3. And 11 of those... 19 were not even in English. So you can imagine it might be tough out here for a U.S. Netflix podcaster. However, I did think a few of these titles were worthy of checking out for various reasons, and we are going to review three of them in our February movie recap. And to help me do that is my dear friend and film blogger, Chris Frodell of Arguing With Myself. Chris, Thanks, as always, for going on these wild cinematic journeys with me and taking the time to be on the show. Andrew, thank you for considering me being a friend. Uh, <laughs> however, I question that sometimes. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's always a pleasure. Uh, you can give me the bottom of the heap, the top of the heap, and I'll still come on with a smile on my face. I wish this was visual. <laughs> I'm the Dorothy Tier Blanche. Come on, man. We are uh, golden forever. That's how we is. do on this show. Uh, <laughs> but thank you uh, sincerely because I've now watched these three movies and I know uh, how much of a ride we've gone through uh, with just these particular titles, let alone whatever I've subjected you to in ah. the past. Because if you remember when we did the Munich episode, which was only a little over a month ago now, yeah. if you can imagine, wow. um, the last time you were on, mm -hmm. I think I started the episode in like a very similar way where it's like, hey, this is the best of what terribleness has been coming through, where at least we could be like, yeah, all right, something watchable, something, something yeah. good to wrap our arms around. And like we were talking about off air, I think the three titles that I picked are at least interesting conversation even if they may not be as successful as I hoped. Okay. Would you, would you right. be okay with that? I am okay with that. That's a nice angle. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if you fully believe in that, if you have any conviction behind that. Um, yeah. As, yeah. as we're going to cover three films, the first one I figure we'll go in chronological order. Okay. So we'll start with The Tinder Swindler, the oh, documentary yeah. that's been in the top tens for basically the entire month. It's it's been incredibly popular. We'll start with that, um, and then we'll go to the German horror movie, uh, <laughs> The Privilege, uh, that came out about a week after that. And then back on the 11th was Big Bug, a movie we've been kind of talking about because I believe we're both fans of Amelie, correct? Yes, of course, yeah. Delicatessen, 
uh, is kind of the was the big breakout party. Then you had Amelie is like almost what 10, 10, 12 years at least. Um, and then you had things like you know a very long engagement, Alien Resurrection, uh-huh. <laughs> obviously a step down on these things. City of Lost Children. I don't know if you've seen any of these. Uh-huh. So and it's been nine years since his last movie. So. Talking about Big Bug will be very interesting, and we'll go over all of that once we we get to that point. But like I said, let's start with the Tinder Swindler. Try saying that three times fast. Um, Also, on the release date that everyone went crazy for, 2-2-22, I'm sure you got the shirt, Chris, that I sent you in the mail for it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was upside down, though, but it's all right, so I can read it. I like it. (laughs) Exactly. Um. This is the story of, uh, in quotes, Simon Laviv, um, yeah. you know, aka Shimon Yahuda Hayut, or however uh, you want to say his now. name. I know that my wife uh, somewhere is like shaking her head because he's Israeli. My wife's Jewish, so she's gonna be like, "Oh my God, you did not say it in that <laughs> that accent or right. however you butchered that." But. This is a, a story, uh, like I said, it was a very popular story, so much so that Chris talked about it with his wife and I talked about it with mine, and huh. and my wife doesn't even watch movies like yours, so like she knew this when it was going on. She said she read an entire article, Chris, oh which God. is baffling. Nobody does that. What? Yeah, that's right. I know that because I write. And people don't <laughs> read. That's right. That's right. Thanks for throwing but, that in my face. Hey, you get the prestige. Don't worry. Nobody I, listens to this podcast either. So, <laughs> Or do I get the privilege? Huh? Oh, oh tying it wow. all together. Um, Mar- marketing genius for Chris. Yeah. <laughs> but this story is about a wealthy jet-setting diamond mogul, or is he, mm. uh, who wooed women online, then conned them out of millions of dollars, and now some victims plan for payback. Uh, it was such a big story. I, I didn't know about it beforehand. Did you at no, all? No. Uh, my wife had to tell me. Yeah. She's like, oh, my exactly. God. Have you seen this? I've seen it. I'll watch it again. I'm like, uh, okay. This is right there in that, like, true crime mixed with, like, like just, fe- like, it's female-centric. Like, it's literally what any of that that group. So Netflix, like, scored big. They knew exactly what they had with this story and that's yep. why it's been insanely popular. Would you say it was insanely popular for any other reason now that you've watched it? Yes. Uh, I mean, people who normally you don't hear anything from, they come out of the woodwork and say Tinder swindler. Jeez, that is tough yeah, to say. It is tough to say that one. Yeah. I've heard about it and it's just like, Oh my God. Yeah. Cause it's terrifying people. This is why I'm glad I, I've never did the online dating. Never oh, had to do any of that. Um, and obviously Tinder was something that even if I was, I was like, I don't know if I would go venture down that alley anyway, but, uh, it's just, you know, this guy is, is the nightmare. He's the nightmare. He's like, Oh, we, we already think everybody's like a bot. Now it's like, no, 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 this guy's flesh and bone, but he's much worse. (laughs) <laughs> it's because yeah. he you know cons everybody out of their money so uh and it obviously um you know like i said it kind of dovetails with all the true crime stuff this is directed by uh felicity morris who was a producer on the other big time netflix uh true crime doc don't fuck with cats oh Did that's you... right yeah yeah uh, i saw part of that 
and then yeah. found the premise. I was like, nope, I'm good. Yeah, on the hunt for an internet killer, and it's like, okay, cool. Now we're gonna go on the hunt for an internet con man. It's like, all right, yes, yes right in the same wheelhouse. She and people, like I said, internet. ate it up. Oh yeah, of course. You said it before. Uh, Female centric. This Absolutely. is this every everyone involved is uh, all I saw was females uh, names in the yeah. credits as it was going. I was like, oh wow, these women are scorned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we'll, and we'll talk about how it kind of all is now shaken out, which I think to me was the most interesting thing to kind of take away. The story is very compelling, but obviously, you know, it kind of goes and goes and goes. It's kind of like, not uh, formulaic, but uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Procedural. Like, basically, you're yeah. like kind of just laying out the facts and kind of like riding with it as it goes. But you want to know what happens to this guy, what happens to these women. I think that's where kind of this the discussion end we yeah. can kind of get into at some point okay. um but it's doing well even critically uh 7.2 imdb 96 percent tomato meter 79 percent audience score i thought the audience score was going to be better than a critical score quite frankly with oh yeah. this thing because you would have thought with how popular it was um and it even has a 3.2 on letterbox for us you know nose in the air uh <laughs> critical type so that's pretty good a few takeaways from it uh before we get to kind of like the the shakeout wow what a piece of shit <laughs> this guy uh, yeah. and he must uh, like he just has to have the sociopathic tendency like the whole like it might as well be looking for a killer cause it's a guy who's just eating up his own delusion doesn't oh, yeah. care about anyone like uh, there's so many things i think that you can do with this story that you could still at, you still have questions oh and still want to yeah. hear from people that actually weren't in the documentary, like his, uh, his quote unquote bodyguard is yes. one guy that I would just want to know. Cause that guy knows where the bodies are buried. Yeah. And in fact, <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if there is an actual body to be buried with this guy yeah, either, but yeah, it's just, it's like such it a, it's a solid backstory with money involved that can get you, you know, it, it's so much, it's so likely that something like this can happen to people. I think that's why people also gravitate to it. It's like yeah. centered enough and believable that you're just like, no, no matter how insane the story might get, you're like, God, this could absolutely happen to someone I know or myself. Well, it's so funny. Like uh, you usually hear scenarios like this where it ends up uh, someone's catfished. Where yeah, it's like, sure. you know, it's, uh, I'm a buxom blonde uh, beauty who is uh, looking for, uh, you know, love. And yeah. then you come up to my door and it's me, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not what I advertised. <laughs> um, right. But he shows up to this date. He's as advertised. Yeah. Well, as far as we know, he, sure. he you know, throws money around. He brings uh, their date at a coffee, you know, they have coffee at a, a fancy hotel. Yeah, five-star hotel, yeah. Yeah, where I'm just like, yeah, you can sneak into the hotel, but I'm like, what's this guy's, you know, angle? Right. But I'm like, he didn't lie to him Yeah. in that in that respect. It was just like, he had coffee. He was like, uh, do you want to go with me to, uh, you know, this part of Europe? It's like, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think you would have me at least in that scenario. But beyond that is just like, I'm not taking credit cards out and, you know, <laughs> in my name to give you cash advances. Right. That yeah. It's crazy. interesting that he, 
he had to know at least enough from a Tinder profile to know that they can afford to like cover his ass once these things happen and how much cash he can actually get out of these people. Yeah. Or at least maybe gleaned that these people were, I don't want to say gullible because that's like victim blaming, but you know what I mean? Like they, they had something about them that he targeted them and he was right so much because of these are just the, the people who spoke in the video were just like three, three of the victims. Yeah. And I think even the total amongst them was probably, you know, a quarter to a half a million dollars. Yeah. I think uh, it was like half a million or something like it, that. I'm just Cause like, it was one forty just from the last woman. Yeah. So it's a lot. Um, so th- this, is a wild story. I do recommend it for anybody who's wondering, like, well, what'd you think about it? Uh, yeah. we, we, I, I, I was engrossed in it. Um, yeah. I don't think it's like a perfect doc, uh, in terms of like flow or anything, but no. cause I think it's kind of stutter steps as you're crossing over between woman to woman and how these things kind of patchwork together. But like, as far as just the content of the story, right. it is a lot. And it's also one of those stories, Chris, I, I, I noticed, um, I'm, I'm wonder how you felt about it why are journalists better than police in these situations every time like every one of these documentaries it's always like some journalists with a lot of time on their hands or maybe some resources like shouldn't interpol and the police be better at this well you have to consider they have a lot on their plates but then again you know how many stories do you you know have to dole out either you know fair Um, yeah but uh, yeah, no, that's that's a good question, and uh, that's usually where these documentaries kind of fall short. Is that they present all these scenarios, they present all the quote unquote facts that they've come across. Sure. But there's real no, there's no payout really of like his bodyguard. You know what is yeah. his story? Is he really a bodyguard? Did he really sure. get uh, abused somehow, or was it like uh, a woman that? Uh, you know, he was hitting on and she got fresh with him, you know, and yeah. out in the ambulance, he goes We're, the follow up of what happened to this guy other than what they told us at the end where, you know, it's essentially, you know, slap on the wrist, you know? Yeah. Let's uh, get into the punishment stuff real quick, yeah. because I did write down some of that. It is insane that that guy got out early. Oh, like, yeah. So that the what they tell in the story uh, of the documentary anyway was he was what sentenced like for like 15 months, but only served like five or something. Yeah. And then he gets out early. He has no current financial problems, like almost immediately. No. uh, When he He was broke and that's how he got in. Yeah. Right. Um, And then almost even like what I did. I don't have a, a full sense of the timeline, but he has a new girlfriend that he meets on Tinder yeah. like almost instantly. And he's right back to like, check out my Bentley. Look at all these clothes. I'm poolside in some other random country. And he's doing it all on social media under his old alias yeah. that he got busted under and has no repercussions whatsoever. Andrew, that's what kills me is that he is out in the open doing this. Yeah. You know, the, he's got an Instagram profile where he's, you know, I'm over here, I'm over there. And yeah. it's like these women that he's dating concurrently, they're not friends with him on Instagram or he's got them blocked or, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, don't understand. Know. It's like, or he, he, he explains away everything. I know. 
man, imagine being that slick. Uh, where would be in the where would we be in the world? You know, Chris, if this podcast goes south, I'm going to blame it on my enemies and then Venmo <laughs> you for my pain and suffering. How much do you need, buddy? How much do you need? <laughs> Uh, so much i have so many bots uh, to buy on twitter it's a lot of things and um, uh, i have a friend of mine who's like oh did you watch that i was like yeah i watched it he's like you know it, it was a lot of victim blaming uh on his part he's like i know women like that i i know don't feel sorry for him i'm like but i kind of do because of you course know, it's not their fault <laughs> oh it is their fault you know they knew what they were doing <laughs> sure. rich guy interested in them they're gonna yeah. They're going to do their own stringing along. What? Yeah. Yeah. Because it couldn't be true at all. And this guy purposely (laughs) was evading every kind of truth that he could have spilled out at any time. The one thing I do also want to go over is the stuff that I kind of saw following the release of the film. I don't know how much you saw. You can go on uh, Netflix's website. They have some stuff carved out for this. The Tadum uh, part of their website where they Don't do a do lot that. of their journalism now. Hey, it's out. There's no other way to pronounce <laughs> it. Netflix's <laughs> thing. Yeah. So following the release of the film, Simon has been permanently banned from all match group dating apps. Okay. Shocker, right? So that's for anyone who uh, you know wants to know where it's safe to go. Uh, Tinder, <laughs> Match, Plenty of Fish, all those are owned by the match group. So. Basically, any of the ones you've heard, you probably are all under that umbrella. Um, Simon's bodyguard, who we mentioned before, Peter, or however it was, it's P-I-O-T-R, so it could be some variation on that. Uh, He is now suing Netflix for wrongful depiction. What? Yeah. Yeah. You weren't next to your buddy while he, you know... Yeah, in doctor photos in an ambulance, or at least that he's feeding lies on that. I gotta say, he did pretty good with uh, the Photoshop. You know, because yeah. I'm like, oh, there's a picture of him with the the diamond guy, right? Yeah, that, that's him. Yeah, I, I know when I, I ever get uh, shot at or have blood all over me in an ambulance, it's all about the selfies. I got to find my right light to right? Uh, send to all my enemies or my friends, oh my whichever God. one comes first. Um, also, after that, uh, the three women that you're featured in the doc have now yeah. set up a GoFundMe mm. uh, to help pay down their debt, which to date, they have raised $95,000, but as you and I were saying, like, dropping the bucket? <laughs> like, yeah. it's the same way as uh, the final woman in there. Um, what was her name? Eileen. Uh, the, you know, she was brilliant in her kind yeah. of... I, I wrote it down as the woman who swindled the Tinder swindler, if you want to know. That is not a Ooh. Dr. Seuss book. Uh, <laughs> that is how she kind of says herself, uh, you know, her title of herself. Oh, um, she uh, she got, I think, what, like 10 to 12, 10 to 15 Gs on his clothes before that all yes. wrapped up or something like yep. that. So even if you add that in, they're still crawling out of debt. Like, I don't know. How, how well this is going to do. So if you really care, people, if you saw this and you weren't aware of it, go to GoFundMe and look up uh, the Tingler Swindler. I'm sure it's, you can find it under that category. So I know it's vastly different, but mm. so I had some uh, false charge, not false charges. That sounds like, you know, being arrested. I sure. had uh, purchases made with my credit card And I was notified almost immediately, right? Yeah. So 
They find that out. They make the correction and they say, you're not responsible for these charges. It was like minimal, you know, charges like, you know, $40 here. It was like almost in succession. Sure. So I'm not responsible for that. They caught it. They said, did you make these purchases? I did not. Boom. I don't have to pay for them. Sure. Why isn't the same thing allowed for these women who were kind of coerced into doing this? Yeah. Thinking that they were helping this guy. Well, it's interesting, right? Because it's about, like, I guess, burden of proof, right? Because what he got arrested for, I don't even know exactly what he got arrested for. It seems like he didn't get arrested for what he was doing. It might have been for fraud, but it didn't seem like it was about, like, doing what he's been doing to these women over like and over. Like forging documents or something like that? I, I don't know. Yeah, like you go away something. for longer than that for forging you would hope. documents. Uh, and especially he did it in multiple countries. He was wanted in like, you know, I think like seven or eight countries was after him. And all that they got on him was the Israeli one. He got out early. That seems yeah. so criminally low and cr- ugh, just it made yeah. me feel gross. But to make you potentially maybe also feel gross um, to, to tack on the last part that I found interesting after the fact of this documentary. Um, yeah. Variety is now reporting that Netflix is looking to make this story into a dramatized feature film. So we're going to get more Tinder swindler, especially if more and more happens after this story. If there's anything else, then they're just going to keep padding that screenplay that somebody is wow. desperately writing right now. I'm putting you on the spot. I didn't ask you this. Uh, it came to me sure. afterward. Who do you think would play this jerk off in a movie? Oh man, I I, I have to uh, I have to look into this. There was he was kind of skinny, so you can't have. He wasn't like muscular, muscular, so you couldn't do like some some beefy guy, like a guy who likes to transform, like a Tom Hardy. You know, could that be no. the guy? You know what I mean? No, um, oh, I I got it. I I got it, but I I have to find it. Jeremy Strong from Succession. Really? Okay. All right. Um, and and the big short and whatever else you want to say. Jeremy Strong kind of looks like that guy. And he has that like same like, you know, the build and everything else. And he already plays kind of like a reprehensible dickhead on Succession. So I think it wouldn't be too big of a leap. It's almost too perfect. Like he would probably be like, come on. I'm already kind of being this guy. Like, I'm a rich billionaire jerk-off in another show. All right. What do you got? Christopher Abbott. Okay, Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Christopher Abbott was in It Comes at Night. Okay. He was in, I don't know if you remember, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot with With Tina Tina Fey. Yeah, he was in that. He was in a movie called Black Bear with Aubrey Plaza. Oh, yeah, that just came out. And he was also in Possessor. Weird thing about uh, Christopher Abbott, he's from Connecticut, just like you and I. You and oh, oh. Yeah. And he just he was, uh, had a birthday at the beginning of the month. <laughs> yeah, he was also in A Most Violent Year, which I really like, too. If you haven't seen that with Oscar Isaac, it's amazing. Oh, okay. But yeah, but yeah I see what you mean, though, as far as like the similarity, or at least the look, or, or what he can pass off. I totally get it. Yeah. So, that that's my pick. <laughs> yeah especially if those, he has that scruff i'm telling you though do you know so you you know i'm saying though jeremy strong yes yes i think uh, both I don't of these know, guys I have don't that watch, same haircut <laughs> that same i guy. don't watch uh succession uh it's 
so damn good. I can't recommend it highly enough if you're into that kind of. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to picture him people. with. I'm trying to picture him with scruff, but yeah, no, he has he has that jawline. Yeah, for this and guy, that's, that's like that's good. slim but sort of muscular build. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that same deal. That one yeah. right there, like that's that's pretty good. Yeah, that's him on trial right there. It'd be amazing. Wow. For all the, the people who can't see what we're seeing. It was yeah, the, exactly. For if you watched Succession, it was with him on C-SPAN on, on, the, on trial. So yeah. I think that totally works. Uh, yeah. well, I'll have to work on the women. Um, but, you know, it, it, I think he's those Margot two Robbie. are very strong candidates for the fact that we just kind of were noodling it. That's pretty good. I was going to say Margot Robbie for both parts because they, they <laughs> had a similar them. look. So. It's true. Well, the first two, yeah. The third yeah. one, not so much. But, yes, absolutely. No. But to me, that's the meat and potatoes, like getting that third woman who actually I yeah. read. She didn't even want to be in the documentary because she, she thought like what she did to him yeah, was like she wasn't proud of it. And then like the producers were like, are you kidding me? You're the best thing we found yet. So, right. you know, and then eventually when she did that like interview and she was like, hi, Simon, you know, did that yeah. whole thing. They were like yeah. beaming. That is like of course. documentary gold. So. Yep. Good on her. I hope you guys, you know, if you care, like go to the GoFundMe's. I hope they get their money back. You know, it sucks that it's coming out of publicly funded dollars instead of this clown. Yeah. Um, but, you know, any way that they can get their lives back to normal after this guy, uh, oh, yeah. I'm for it. And yeah. even though we were just kind of like, you know, I don't know if it sounded like we were poo-pooing, I probably would watch a dramatized feature of this movie, even though I know the story. With, the, uh, with that, though, like... Uh, it's it's almost like you seen how it, how it came out, yeah. And then someone's gonna like dramatize it, and it's just like it's it's not the same. We've already yeah. seen the story. Stop stop putting a score to it, you know. Yeah, it's um, kind of like um, what is it? Peacock now has the Tiger King dramatized like show, oh mini God. series or whatever. It's yes. like stop, yeah, stop. Let's that not was do an it. SNL skit, and that's as far as it should go. Yeah. It, it's so weird when something's in the zeitgeist and they're like, oh, now we can make this into a thing. And then by the time that news cycle has gone, we're torched. Yeah. Like, you know, you you get like only so many cracks. At it. And especially if this story was so popular, like, why why would we make the movie, too? But that's never stopped anyone before, especially because no. I would imagine, although this movie, you know, they're going to be jet setting and stuff, too. It's got to be if they do it right, it'll have to be pretty, a pretty penny. I will say the reverse happened when Dirty John came out with uh-huh. Connie Britton and right. uh, Eric Bana, right? He was Dirty John? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. So anyways, That's right. that came yeah. out. That was just like, oh my God, this really happened? Then I saw a right. documentary on it. I was just like, I already saw it. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah, so you had the reverse effect. Yeah. It's the same thing, for sure. Yeah. And I've but, done that. But just now like, I'm just like, mm, do, I, do yeah. I really need a dramatization? Right. Yeah, this isn't World War Two where we can find every different variation on oh it in a, in a 10 year span or whatever yeah. long span. Um, Nazis yeah. are still bad, right? Yeah. Still yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> now, what if they were bad on Super Serum and then Ooh. you get Overlord? You know what ah, I mean? Like that right. kind of thing. Yeah. So it's all, it's like the Die Hard, but you do a Die Hard in a plane, Die Hard yes. in a boat, Die Hard, you know, yeah. everywhere. So. <laughs> Now we'll have to do it this way with online dating, apparently. 
Hi, I'm Mike Phil. Yeah, I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family i swear i talk more in the episodes next film the privilege came out on february 9th this is a german horror thriller kind of a genre blend that's what a lot of people remark on that and a lot of the the critical yeah. uh pieces that i saw on it is that yeah it's kind of horror it's got kind of like yeah sci-fi elements like mystical type stuff it's mm-hmm. that kind of horror which i don't watch a ton of so I, I when I first watched this trailer, that's why I was into it. And again, maybe because it's in German that the way they cut it and everything else, that they minimize things down with some of the dialogue so it kind of looked cooler yeah. than than maybe the movie would present. But yep. that that's what drew me in though, because if I told you a movie about like, you know, an elite private school and a dark conspiracy that's like pharmaceutical but also kind of like a horror thing aspect with you know they show the creepy woman with her creepy eyes and you know uh people you know jumping off a school roof or something like you'd be like oh shit this movie is crazy this is intense and some of that is true but i will say uh i think they basically just bought this movie or put this movie on netflix because the lead of this film i am i I hope i nailed this right uh max schimmelfenning schimmelfenig uh, is from d- the the show Dark, um, yeah. Uh, that sh- uh Netflix show. Um, so he was in there for like seven or eight episodes. Like I guess they must have liked him, and then they kind of put the, you know, if they're gonna try to do more in Germany, they put that kind of together and, and yeah. put that out there. Uh, the woman who played Lena as well, uh, Leah Van Aken, um, she is also in Dark. She also played Anne Frank in a 2016 German version of The Diary of Anne Frank, which, okay. of course, if any version of The Diary of Anne Frank, you seek out the German version. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, uh, but unfortunately, uh, this movie um, critical scores are not too kind at the moment. And I will say before we go much further with it, I understand them, but I also don't fully agree with them. It's gonna be it's gonna be weird. I've I've kind of gone full circle weird. with this movie. Yeah, the 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 movie is about if you haven't seen it, it's a wealthy teen and his friends attending an elite private school as they uncover a dark conspiracy while looking into a series of strange supernatural events. As I said about the critical score, uh, it's never a good sign when the top review of your film on IMDb is titled "What was this." Um, and yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people could definitely have that kind of takeaway, uh, from it because there's a lot going on while also not fully landing the plane on a lot of the plot developments. So it does get messy. Um, and it also has, I feel like it didn't kick in, kick in until the end of the first act. Um, okay. yeah. you know, that first, that first kind of 25, 30 minutes I felt was a little, you know, not slow, but just like less interesting than that last hour that I think gets like cuckoo bananas real yeah. fast. Yeah. Um, 
and and the thing is too for uh, for like kind of like a supernatural horror thing i think one of the toughest things for people to stomach is uh that the effects look very low budget and comical at times i thought yes um so definitely you're you're not dealing with a, a big budget film i thought mostly the other stuff like just as like you know just as a normal film was fine uh, i didn't like show too much of like it's low budget but then whenever they would try to do something mystical it was like oof this looks yeah. like graphics from 20 years ago wait you didn't so, like the uh the uh, throwback to the mummy you know with the yeah. little dust cloud coming you didn't yeah like that? exactly yeah where it looks like right. a cloud of bees uh, coming out of someone's stomach or whatever yeah sure but yeah uh, for anyone uh who hasn't seen this movie though i would say when when i say cuckoo bananas I really mean it because at one point in this movie, they go from a seance to a threesome within like five minutes. So if anyone's like, oh, how weird, that weird. And then a few minutes later is probably like when the student jumps off a roof. So and has like a growth removed from his throat. (laughs) So, yeah, if if you want all that kind of like. Not gross, but it's a little gross. Uh, some of the stuff, like as far as uh, you know, pulling things out of people's throats or stuff flying out of their stomachs or uh, whatever, or getting sucked out of their mouths and and yeah. and also having a cult, demonic possession stuff, and you know, modern pharmacology all getting in here too. Oh my um, God. There so a- there's a lot to unpack. So. Just baseline it for me, Chris. What did you feel about this movie after, you know, the credits roll on this one? Uh, it was it was confusing as hell, and uh, I love how <laughs> I, I wrote this in my notes. I wish there was a way to say Finn and Sophie. I'm sorry, Sophie were twins without telling us they're twins. <laughs> sure. Go get your twin sister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who talks like that? Who's like, yes. you know, if I'm a twin, I'm not going to be like, you know, yes, go get your twin sister. It's like, go get your sister. <laughs> yeah. And like, they kind of look alike. No, they don't look anything alike. Not really. How are they twins? It's fine. Yeah. Like, you know, kind of throw it towards, you know, some kind of exposition. Be like, uh, yes, uh, your birthday's coming up, both of you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, they must be twins. That's yeah, it. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, there there are definitely some hard dialogue moments yeah. in the, in this movie. That is not the strong suit of this film at all. And uh, the fact that uh, something tragic happens at the dam. Yeah. But my God, Finn just keeps on going back and forth on that dam like nothing tragic ever happened. <laughs> yeah. Like if something happened like that to me, I don't think I'd ever go over any dam ever. I, that was one of my notes, and not even just the dam. He just seems unfazed in places where it was just like, right. dude, you should be freaked out right now. Right, but um, that's where the pills come in. Yeah, right, I yeah. Guess. But there's literally one scene in, a, I guess, a diner with a car wash attached to it, um, to where they're yes, in the do. car wash, and he, he finds a dead body, and he's like, uh? Yeah. And then... And then there's this shadowy figure behind him from his uh, his youth, and he like goes ah, like freaks out, oh and it's like, dude, you weren't freaked out by the dead body, but nope. you're like, oh man, shadowy figure guy. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> We're gonna lose our shit now. Yeah, there there was a lot of like 
you're speaking of uh, the threesome. So throughout most of the movie, he's just like, uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I really like this girl. Yeah. And his best friend is a lesbian. And she's just like, hey, if you don't talk to her, I will. He's like, yeah, all right, I will. I'll, I'll talk to her. I'll talk to her. And he does. <laughs> and he like kind of balks at every moment. Yeah. And, uh, and he's just like upset when, you know, they're together. It's like, what the hell? Mm. And yeah. then they have a threesome together. And it's just like, everything's right in the world. Yeah. And then no other entanglements or issues like nope. immediately following. It's just like, we're all good here. Yeah. Um, which always happens with the threesome every time. Uh, I, I'm so remark. Uh, you know, it's remarkable. <laughs> I, I, I just uh, am so taken aback every time where it's like, God, we're such good friends still. This is amazing. Uh, um, but here's my take. Okay. I will openly admit mm-hmm. that this movie is, like I said, a 4.6 on IMDb and a 1.9 letterbox score. This is not Citizen Kane. However, yeah. Here's my take. I feel like there's a good movie in there. Like a few tweaks to the explanation of how this kind of all works. Yeah. And maybe some more sophisticated uh, visual effects and maybe a director who has like a strong visual eye. Like yeah. if you're a, a, a Shyamalan, you're a Jordan Peele, you're somebody who can do suspense and thriller. I think this movie could be good. This is one of those movies that at the end I was like, all right. I could tell you a million reasons why this isn't good, but that yeah. didn't mean I didn't like it. Like I, that I hated it. I would say it's not good, but there are aspects of it where I've seen way worse. And I would actually welcome an American remake of this movie. How do you feel about that? I would love to see a remake. Usually I'm not up for remakes so close to yeah. the release of the original. Yeah. But so you're saying yeah, start like- now. <laughs> starting tomorrow we have uh we have an idea um josh hartnett's the dad because you already mentioned the faculty to me off air so there we go yes yes uh i i just yeah there there is there is good bones there but i think there's just like so much thrown into the pot and you know nothing cooked long enough i uh, feel like if they just took like hey you know how we either overly explain this one thing, pull the reins back, or hey, we didn't explain this thing enough yeah. and add? I think this can really, it's almost like a puzzle that's yeah. been like thrown in the air, like as soon as it got out of the box, and now we're yeah. like still trying to pick up the pieces and figure it all together. I think if someone was able to actually put the puzzle together, I think this would actually be a good horror movie. And that's why I'm like, it's weirdly, I was like optimistic while also being like, I yeah. totally get why people did not like this movie. I think at the beginning, you, you start with a tragedy uh, within the family. Right. Everyone moves on from that. You know, some years have passed. Right. Uh, keep on feeding the kids. All the kids are being fed these uh, pills. Right. You know, to basically keep them numb to feelings. Sure. And you know, also the trip balls. Be- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you have, you know, these kids of privilege that, you know, do their day to day, their parents seem to be like, you know, elitist and, and I, I I don't know. It was just like all, all this was going on and you're just like, what, what am, what am I grasping onto? What am I, what am I looking for? Am I like thinking this kid's crazy for the stuff that he's seen? Do I, you know, uh, feel like there's nefarious 
things going on uh, right. within the community. Right. Um, you know, who's involved? Who's not involved? Uh, yeah. Why is it this old woman with creepy eyes uh, that is everywhere, but we also don't get really any explanation as to who nope. she is? And that she just kind of happens to be everywhere at the behest of these people. Was she there in the end? I didn't notice her. Uh, the last I saw her was at the uh, convention. Pharmaceutical the convention. Pharma- yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where, uh, good try, uh, Lena, in trying to go in disguise. Everyone knows <laughs> I'm a scientist. Like. I yeah, also I'm have fuzzy dice in my car or yeah. whatever. And I also have the only uh, magenta hair in the whole building. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. don't look towards me. Um, but I think she had a trench coat. She was fine. Yeah. <laughs> she was clearly <laughs> undercover. Yes. Either that or it was two kids stacked in that trench coat. Yeah. Uh, as you do. Uh-huh. Uh, I do love the fact that, you know, you have your horror trope uh, where uh, you need a fungus expert. I got a guy. Of course, of course, it's yeah. Like, who, uh, and also talked about the fungus in class, so they couldn't even have like somehow made yeah. this all work. They couldn't do just internet research on their own right. because they found something and they try yeah. to do like an image search with a picture they had of the or something. Yeah. No, it yeah. had to be all very convenient and and helped out to them. That's what I'm saying, dude. They're, like. If you said to me, like I said, if you, if you said, you know, pharmaceutical, like big pharma, you know, so like kind of an update on that, you know, a cult kind of thing going on, demonic possession, you know, done through the family. So you're like kind of being set up. You have the whole adoption. There's so many things here. Yeah. And you could be like, and I didn't even say the word seance or threesome yet. So, like, <laughs> you you just throw in all of these things. Yeah. that That mm. is, to me, like, those are the bones of a good movie. As yeah. long as they are put in the proper order and explained in the right way yeah. and not look like a Sega Genesis game when an effects happens. Yeah. So... I think I, I I would say 100%. Like if somebody just took this movie and they had it figured out in their brain, yeah. I would be like, go, go give them, you know, $30 million and put it out in the theaters in the States with yeah. at least a star or a person or a star director in that genre. Yeah. Boom. I, I, sw- I, I swear this would be a good remake. I think we know what to do with this that we can go without a script start filming tomorrow and still make a better film hey i didn't buy the new latest iphone to just do selfies i want to i want to shoot i want to do this thing so you and i tomorrow we're starting production sorry (laughs) work i'm (coughs) sick i'm gonna be out Yes, it's it's only gonna take a couple days to uh, do this anyways you know we'll we'll have it uh all wrapped up just having some fungus cleared. I'm sorry, boss. Yeah, uh, you know, we'll be done in a little while. Oh, God. If you were to put the old, you know, letterbox grade on it, where where, would you, where were you lying for it? One and a half, two. It, yeah, it so was you're right just, in line with where it, yeah. where it is with everybody else? Yeah. Uh, like, yes, there's good bones, but yeah. I just feel like this was, out of the three, the biggest misstep. For, for watching. I was just like, ah, okay. I yeah. could have 
you know, occupied my time better. Yeah, I'm probably right there. I'm probably a two only because of I I see something in it, but yeah. I understand why it's also not good. So I, I'm probably in that two camp too, um, and would probably you know, <laughs> again with the 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 IMDb. I think the scores are fair, but yeah. I also hope that people also saw something in this like I did. So, you know, I, you know, there are some encouraging reviews online for it. It's not just, you know, all doom and gloom, but I think American remake that, that would be a, a good <laughs> idea. If anyone's looking for a project and has some cash to burn and wants to uh, go from German to uh, American horror on this one, I would totally be encouraged with that one. Uh, anybody got $50, we can, we can really, you know, yeah, we can some, top out the budget like that. Yeah. Some duct tape and a beehive or yeah. whatever. Like we could probably <laughs> do just as good somewhere around there. Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Cracking One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Kraken When Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. So let's get to that final movie, Chris. Uh, Yeah. Big Bug is a movie that, like we were talking about, uh, a director who has had Movies that have been celebrated all over the globe. Amelie being probably the biggest one of his yep. work. Probably more people saw Alien Resurrection, but nobody's talking about Alien Resurrection anymore. Uh, <laughs> even when it came out, or at least not in a positive light. That was one of those where he went, you, that was his first U.S. Hollywood thing after gaining some success in France. And then was like, and he dropped kind of his... Uh, his co-directing partner too. And then you get IP issues, U S producers. And you're like, ah, this movie's kind of shitty. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you feel about, uh, alien resurrection, but that's, uh, it's not a, it's not a good movie. Uh, was that the, uh, the one where she played basketball? It was the Winona Ryder one. Yeah. She played basketball, right? She, she, I think so. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not good. No. Um, no. But a movie that is good is Amelie, and you you and I both agree on that. Yes. And uh, this movie actually has a lot of people who have worked with him in the past, including uh, multiple people from Amelie in it. Isabel Nanti, who played Francois, uh, or, yeah, the, the neighbor, yes. the blonde yep. neighbor. Uh, she played Georgette in Amelie. Claude Peteron, uh, who is Monique, the robot uh, there. She played Eva in Amelie. Um, the voice of Einstein is Andre Dusselaire, um, who was the narrator of Amelie and, uh, and Dominique Pignon, uh, played Igor, which I think was also a voice work. They didn't specify, but I'm like, who the hell was Igor? It's not a big cast. Why would I be messing this up? Um, yeah. but he was in like all of them. This is like his guy. He was in Amelie. He was in Delicatessen. Yeah. He was in Alien Resurrection. He's in City of Lost Children. So that's like his guy. But Jean-Pierre Junet, uh, is very much a guy who cares just as much about production design and like kind of style as much as substance even in his best work i think that's a fair way to characterize him 
And this movie, I had high hopes because, again, it's kind of like more modern. It's something that he really hasn't done. <laughs> it's funny. When I saw the, the trailer and even watching the movie, did you almost feel like it was like the set of either you were in a cross of like Pee-wee's Playhouse mixed with like a Sims <laughs> version yeah. of Pee-wee's Playhouse or something. It's this oh, yeah. wild kind of connection um, where it's futuristic, but it also seems like too overly designed. Yes. You know, it's like a Jetsons thought, but like trying to be modern. But the movie, for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, it's about a group of bickering suburbanites who find themselves stuck together when an android uprising causes their well-intentioned household robots to lock them in for their own safety. That I actually found to be kind of that last part of this description to be kind of one of the more interesting things to kind of watch um, where it's like, yeah, it's a robot uprising, but not all robots, you know, kind of where it's like, there's a outside forces, then there's inside forces and, and that whole, you know, trying to be loyal, even from an Android perspective, was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and even how loyal the humans were to the robots, like with the daughter and her robot she's had since she was a kid. Yeah. And how they like old Let's antiquated technology. Room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I thought that was a little endearing, too, yeah. at times. I, I mentioned to you uh, when I was uh, kind of like picking my own brain about it this movie like any other movie like this when you're watching something that's futuristic with a robot takeover you expect the film to be like a poignant commentary on how we live our lives or something or you know something like that where i said to you if the mitchells versus the machines is more poignant than this movie there's a misstep in it somewhere but that also doesn't mean that i didn't like find this movie very engrossing at times mm-hmm. like i couldn't stop watching it i don't know if it's like the colors and the futuristic stuff of it all like yeah. i don't know i and honestly and i'm not the only person who said this it's um this movie's a very horny movie it's it, a very it like pandemic claustrophobic type movie and those elements just make you always kind of like keep your eyes open you yeah. know so there's always something going on so even if something doesn't work or if something seems repetitive yeah. or it maybe uh you know that the the plot gets disjointed at times i still found myself engaged yeah. so i don't know if you felt similar in that but how did you feel after watching this one the director is known for his outlandish kind of scenarios and and grand ideas and yeah. uh this had it and then some but yeah, you're right. I mean, as far as like, you know, the film having like this horny feel to it, uh, <laughs> that's, you know, the robots just want to experience love because yep. that's what they, they feel the connection of humans is, is this underlying love for each other. Right. So they want to feel that too. Uh, right. Even though they're told by the overlords, you know, they're bad, keep them right. at bay and you have to listen to us. Um they were just like, no, we're going to side with the humans. Uh, yeah. uh, Max's uh, intentions are, you know, slowly unraveled. Uh, yeah. You know, you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm a real artist kind of guy. And this and that. He's like, I just, I like to eat steak and, get, you know, get off me. And I just, <laughs> just want to get mine, you know? Yeah. But 
Yeah, I'm I'm watching it. I'm just like, this is a cartoon placed in yeah. the real world. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And you're right. It's like a live action Jetsons. Um, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. There's interactions with uh, the the uh, the robots as if like you know it's Rosie and Mr. Jetson and you know uh, sure. there's a, a friendship yet there's you know I'm the owner you're the robot whatever um, yeah but it's super French so of course we have uh, yeah. a sex robot yes we ha- we have you know. Uh, multiple people just all pairing off, you know, super sexy. Yep. And there's like a whole scene where like people are just having sex all around the same time yeah. uh, in various yeah. different rooms as like a distraction <laughs> for the robots or even just on their own. And it, it gets wild at times. And I got to say, I felt a little weird because I'm like, how are you, how young are those kids? Yeah. that uh, I don't know. It that, seemed that, like, like high school. That's what I was getting. And I'm just like, then here they are. I'm just like, yeah, but that's uh, our uptight Americanism there, Chris. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you're French, you're drinking wine and smoking cigarettes at 13. You know, that's true. That's how that's it true. is, right? Uh, <laughs> Feel free to come at me, my French listeners, <laughs> at NomcastPod, and tell me how uh, oh, how much God. of a jerk we're being right now. Mon Dieu, merde. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, like, it, it was... Uh, again, just like uh, the privilege, uh, there was interesting concepts within this right. uh, that I felt like should have been explored more. It just yeah. seems like this. It's almost like uh, maximum overdrive, right? Mm. Where uh, you know this green cloud comes over, machines <laughs> yeah. come to life, and then the cloud dissipates. You know sure. what I mean? It just yeah. like it comes and goes. Yeah. And that ending, it felt like it ended like so many times and it really didn't know what to do. And I think that was because I think I didn't feel much for the characters or the arc of a lot of these people's Mm -hmm. stories that like once you kind of got people in their in their place of where they were going to go, it was like, just end the movie. And then it tries to end the movie like two times after that. It's like, all right. Yeah, you know, it's just getting a little too much, and you could definitely tell this movie was like, I have a perfect pitch for a pandemic shot movie. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because again, Cause... it's a small group, consistent, all in one place. You know, that's how it goes. They even said what COVID fifty or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, something ah, like that. Kidding. Yeah, yeah. I was like what? I know that's where we are now. The pandemic's gone so long that we can now have like exact jokes from what we're doing in movies we're watching while still being in this mess. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, where part of it is people joking that we're still in it. And then there's, you know, the other factor is just like, no, this is serious. Okay. Yeah. We, we can't joke about that. Right. But it's just like, no, it's true. Like they're stuck inside. They're at each other's throats. They want to get outside so quick. Yeah. And, you know, they're being told, no, you have to stay. Yeah. Or or face a penalty of law, you know? Sure. And that's the thing, too. It felt like it was all just, it was almost like it was improv in a way, like that they were just kind of making that. it up as you go along. Yeah. Because um, even, you know, it, it helps with some of the relational stuff, but it also felt like that droid was one over lord droid or whatever yes. seems like he but by the way 
he doesn't have a lot of credits. He's not like some big time star. Dude, that he dude looked like you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me uh with uh Robocop with Murphy when he doesn't have his Yeah, when the visor. Yeah. Yeah. It looked exactly like that. Yeah. And then with and then some teeth. of the Right. Yeah. Oh, huge teeth. That guy. My God. Yeah. Um but the uh and some of the droids and some of their expressions, you know what it reminded me of? What's the that? sound the Soundgarden Black Hole Sun video when they're in, like the suburbs and their yeah. faces are all like yep. stretching out and being crazy. I was like, that's half the expressions in this movie. Pretty much, especially Monique. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. She just widened up and she's like, oh, I'm picking up other things that I have to, uh, you know, take in. Yeah, that and Greg the sex robot. It's like all those oh type God. of things are all right there. Yes, yes. Jeez. So I think I think I said this to you where it's like people are going to say this is like high concept or like that, you know, and and that they just didn't execute it. Yeah. I don't know if he cared. I don't know no. if you know like gives a crap. Um I think he just likes things to look crazy and fun and yeah. and have characters that are outlandish that try to take the extremes of this kind of like loosely done plot and just and go for broke. So yeah. I think a lot of this is as in, intentional as it's going to get. I just think for me the characters and the plot are very surface level. And so you can follow the story. You could be engrossed in it, but I also will say it's, it's okay. Yeah. yeah I don't, I, I wouldn't, this is not like a, yeah, hard recommend or hard kick it to uh, the so, curb, yeah. but yeah, I, I would say it's probably just like, yeah, if, if, if you want to try it, just like we wanted to try it because yeah. of his distinguished career. Cool. Yeah. But if not, you're not missing that much. Yeah. Uh, the other uh, movie uh, I was blanking on before was uh, Mick Max, I think was his. Yes, that's last him one. too. Mm-hmm. He's he's got like that sensibility, like it, yeah, you can see something without knowing his involvement and say that seems like his his work, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But with that, it seems like Amelie is the pinnacle. Absolutely. Of, of his work and it's almost like if you give I, I i don't know the budget on this so i'm gonna do a comparison it's sure. like tim burton used to make movies where like you know i i have a minimal budget i'm gonna bring my friends together i'm gonna make a film that i want to make great right. now you give him a bunch of money and he makes right stuff like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And you're just like, it's devoid of that human element. It's, yeah. it's it's not like it used to be. No no one's saying, you know, cut the budget in half and see what you can do. But right. for most directors nowadays, you want to see some restraint. And yeah. this guy seems like, you know, he's been given a lot of money to make a passion project. And it turns into, you know, this over-glossed live-action Jetsons. Yeah. Yeah, you probably don't do something futuristic unless somebody gives you the budget for it. Right. You know, it probably makes it something to where you try to be more modern with it because you have to be more creative. Or, you know, it, this is one of those things I was saying it before. He used to co-direct a lot of his movies, mm-hmm. and that was up until Alien Resurrection that when he moved to the U S he was doing it by himself and then conti- 
continued to do so. So if he didn't do Amelie, where he was like the sole director, mm-hmm. I, a lot of people could say like, well, he kind of like lost half of himself, you know, when that kind of relationship changed over time. Yeah. Because um, even when he was directing by himself, uh, I believe his name is Mark Caro or something like that was the other uh, co-director okay. that he had for a while. He was basically the visual guy. Yeah. And Jean-Pierre was the, you know, the the dial, like the actor, like dealt with the actors and tried yeah. to create with the scene. And so they worked well and made these things. I don't know if you get to concentrate solely on one or the other. It's kind of like a Coen brothers relationship or, or these other kind of like famous pairings where it's like maybe they really had it split off nicely. And in future stuff, when he directed, the guy was still there, but he would be like the art director. Yeah. So it'd be like, you get a sense, but it's not the same. So, but they scored big with Amelie, you know, where he was basically more the central, like he did everything, you know, without this other person around. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was still art director at that point, uh, the other guy, but, you know, you really have to look to see like where that relationship and change and how much his movies changed. Yeah. And you're right. I feel like this is kind of like Tim Burton doing like Alice in Wonderland or something yeah. where it's like heavily CGI, you know, although this movie, Green I did kind of it. applaud the droids kind of looked very cool and they looked very, you know, it didn't seem, yeah. you know, fully like green screen, fully created, cgi maybe the movements and stuff but a lot of them yeah. it looked it looked quite real like uh I, I think it it was apparent when uh like they're all trying to decide where they're gonna their sleeping arrangements are right and, uh i think what einstein Max with the variables what's that einstein with all the variables of like oh my god you, yeah you like 107 and, like, what the yeah. hell yeah yeah um but the uh the the pull out bed, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like looking at him like, Oh yeah, obviously that's CGI, but I'm just like, that's pretty good CGI. Yeah. You know, but especially for how bad the city and like things looked when they got out of that room. Yeah. Like they concentrated really. Yeah. Well, not only when they did like big wide shots of the city, it looked like, like Power Rangers, you know what I mean? Like yes. it was not good. Yep. And, <laughs> so and the the little um the it was like a uh electronic billboard, you know, the little pop up yeah. ad every yeah, yeah. time. It's just like, oh, you need a new restructured home, and you know we can do that for <laughs> right. you. Yeah. As things happened, I, I thought that was pretty clever. I'm like, oh, it's just just like uh, you know, going on the internet, you know, oh, this exactly. pop up window is trying to sell me something. Ah, forget it. So but, where would you grade this then, Chris, at the end of the day? At the end of the day, I would say two and a half out of five. Yeah, I'm like right there. You know, it's not great. It's not bad. Out of the three, a little better than Privilege. Right. Uh, but Tinder Swindler uh, wins the day. <laughs> yes, as I would say so. It's always hard to compare docs and, and, and fictional accounts. Yeah. But yeah, I, if I'm putting like just simple grades, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm putting Tinder Swindler 1, Big Bug 2, and then Privilege 3. Same as you. Exactly. Um, yeah. But, you know, with those last two, 
where I I think there's stuff there. It's weird. Oh, it's yeah. almost the inverse. I think some of the if they honed the plot stuff in privilege yeah. and could do more style, I think the movie could have been yeah. a better film. Meanwhile, you got Big Bug, which is like very good in the style, like because it's so over the top in a way that it's yeah. engrossing and you and you're really like honed in on it. But I felt it could have like maybe said a little more or yeah. had like more of a, uh, a streamline in terms of the characters besides mm-hmm. just being like this, Ooh, we trapped a divorce couple in here. So this is going to get sticky or this yeah. horn dogs here or this, you know, we got two teenagers in here of opposite sex. They're obviously going to try to do something, you know, so, yeah. uh, and throw in a sex robot. So <laughs> It's a lot. It's it's a lot of characters. It's a lot of things to sift through, and it's always yeah. at least entertaining. So you're right. I'm yeah. in that two and a half. You know, on my best day, maybe I'm talking up to a three, but no higher. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's right in that line um, with the critical scores. Where, like I said, it's a two and a, two point four on Letterbox. So yeah, that's yeah. probably about right. Um, but again, one of those movies that I think it could have been more, but I'm also not mad at it. So right. it sits right in that that middle area. Exactly. So, but the interesting thing here, Chris, is that at best we're probably saying what Tinder Swindler is probably like a three and a half, maybe a four. I would say that. Yeah, yeah three and a half. Yeah. So you know, if that's the best we got in February, Chris, <laughs> I'm glad we did this episode because I think that it was kind of like a fun uh, discussion piece on these three. But yeah. man, I am looking forward to March. <laughs> Because <laughs> immediately it gets better, uh, or hopefully it gets better, right? Or at least more intriguing, right? So we got okay. uh, uh, against the ice, the uh, the guy from Game of Thrones, Nicola Costawaldo. Okay. Did you watch uh, Game of Thrones? No, I didn't. Don't yell at me. You're killing me, son. But uh, either way, against the ice uh, is like about um, two explorers fighting to survive on a expedition in Greenland trying to find a map. It's like this adventure drama. So that should be fun. But so that comes out on March 2nd, okay. uh, which is probably Tomorrow. the day this comes out. So oh, okay. uh, check that out if you're interested. Um, then we'll have uh, March 3rd. There's a Leighton Meester movie that looks kind of like uh, uh, a play on, uh, what was that? Uh, uh, Amanda Knox story, kind of almost like uh, that. God, yeah, where- uh where it's a yeah. girl's trip to Croatia and then, you know, she has to figure out what happens and figure out the clues because she's yeah. being deceived and all this stuff. So that looks somewhat interesting. I don't know if we'll end up covering it, but there's uh, something there. Uh, and I already have tickets to a uh, screening and uh, live via, you know, satellite or whatever Q&A for The Adam Project, which is oh. the uh, Ryan Reynolds movie. Um, with Mark Ruffalo, Jennifer Garner, Zoe Saldana. Um, How does that work? It's like in you theaters. Watch it, you watch it online, and then no, it's in theaters, and then they pop on the Q and A on the screen oh. afterwards. So, like, you're not asking the questions, but there's like a panel discussion oh, or whatever. Do you submit questions first, and hopefully they pick yours? And but no, f- not that I'm aware of, but they uh, they did this for Scream when I went to see Scream, too, where you saw the movie and then yeah. afterwards you hang out and then like David Arquette and the director and a, a few others were, you know, on a panel yeah. and they were asking them questions and doing that whole thing. So 
Adam Project. They have a couple of screenings on uh, March 9th, and I'm going. I guess uh, hey, that, that. that does look good. That you know, hopefully that sticks to landing. And yeah. I've, I've and they just had their premiere and everything else, yeah. and it seems like early returns are pretty good. Oh, good. Um, we also have a uh, Black Crab, which looks kind of fun. It's an apocalyptic future with a a soldier ordered to cross a frozen sea on a desperate secret mission that can end our country's civil war. And it's Ooh. got a Numi Rapace uh, ah. in it, so I always like her. Yep. Um, Windfall, did you see the trailer for that one? That looks wild with uh, Jason Siegel and Jesse yes. Plemons. Yes. It's written by the guy who wrote Seven, too, I think. Yeah. Um, where it's this, uh, you know, kind of a, not a kidnapping, but basically like a hostage situation yeah. with a tech billionaire and trying to, everything doesn't seem to be on the up and up and straightforward. So That looks right in my wheelhouse. I, I do like those films. Same here. Yeah. Um, so like I said, and that's all in the first couple of weeks, and then there could be a bunch of other fun ones uh, mixed in. And then, of course, at the end of March, we also have the Oscars, which I will be annoying people on this podcast <laughs> with and, and going over uh, with the the – the ever so slipping potential of a Netflix best picture winner yeah. is going on right now as Coda won uh, the SAG for best ensemble and people are all starting to go, wait a minute, is Power of the Dog not going to win best picture now? So there's, it's, it's interesting, uh, but yeah. uh, go back and listen to my conversation with David Long and yeah. uh, all the stuff of all the reasons why uh, I said that it might lose anyway and that I saw this coming in some form of uh, – some form. Uh, just basically like is it going to be another year where the Academy just loves another uh, downbeat bummer of a movie <laughs> to, oh to go for Best Picture? Or are we getting this uh, you know sense of getting out of the pandemic optimism uh, that's going to make a crowd pleaser like Akota or King Richard – or, you know, even Belfast uh, up for Best Picture instead. So I, we shall see. I hope for your sake uh, Sam Elliott isn't on the uh, <laughs> the review board for uh, yeah. for the uh, the Oscars because, uh, boy, he has some choice words to say about Power of the Dog. Yeah. Um, I heard that a, recently. That's a, that's a whole other thing. I haven't even, you know, obviously the gut reaction is shut up. Uh, but I, 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 I didn't read the whole thing. I'm trying to be kind about it, but you know, it's one of those things. Did you say this when Brokeback Mountain came out, buddy? Like, did you say this? He probably about would. Any other? He, you know, yeah. he, he, the, uh, I think what his, uh, his point was is that like, you know, Jane Campion's not from this country. And yeah. That she doesn't know anything about the, the old of, West. That was part of his argument. Yeah. Uh, but you know who does? The guy who wrote the book, you idiot. Just because she's shooting it doesn't Listen, mean that she doesn't get it. The mustache that he has. You don't know that. Those <laughs> Australians, you know, they're all very no, Sam masculine. And, Sam uh, Elliott. No, I know. <laughs> but, oh, I, I was if saying you that can't uh, grow it. Jane Campion can't. No. <laughs> I no. thought you. That's well, yeah, that's saying. true. She probably just like, uh, just do this. <laughs> there it goes. Pops right out. Yep, exactly. She has a better shot than me. That's all. Oh I man, because no, I do not that. grow the facial hair um, very well. I just well. want to see a handlebar mustache. That's all. Uh, just grow it. Do it for me. Do My for dad had a Fu Manchu, and yeah. it was amazing to behold. But if that's 
if his was the best that I could pull off, Oof. it's a, it's not a good look long term. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you have to change but, your outfits. Oh, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a whole. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's a commitment. Not, it's not just. Yeah. Oh. It's not just facial hair. But uh, good to talk to you, sir. This was fun. Love talking uh, with you. And obviously, for my sake and yours, probably because you'll be back on this podcast before you know it, as always. Uh, that, you know, maybe March treats us a little nicer. That would be good. Um, One but, can only hope. Do you have anything, uh, the written form, any ad stuff coming up? Uh, anything to look forward to? Anything that people should be keeping an eye out for? Uh, you mentioned Letterbox, and mm. I will uh, try to put out more to it. Uh, which I've been gravitating towards uh, with my reviews. Right. Um, you can look there. I forget the uh, the name under it, but uh, I think it's arguing with me. <laughs> yeah, as you had a, f- <laughs> I, I had a, a heated a discussion or where you had to retract your own statements. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, you can find me on Instagram, arguing with, you know, ominous. Um, Do you have social link, like click things on your website? I do. You can go basically if you find arguing with myself, you can find links to my other outlets. Yeah. Uh, I I made sure of that because Excellent. I am not good at the explanations here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm, you know, just surface level. If you like what you see, then that's what you can expect from me. Uh, Excellent. Written word, visual stimulations. Maybe something for this podcast. Maybe uh, mm. maybe some promo material. Who knows? You'll have yes. to watch out. Watch it yeah. right here. <laughs> there you go. The big right. tease. Chris yep. Rodell, everybody. Thank That's you it. for that, sir. Yeah, everybody check out Chris and Arguing With Myself uh, wherever you can. Obviously, he'll be tagged in all our social promos. So it's a, probably the easiest way to get direct access to the Thanks, man buddy. himself. So thanks again, man. Always a pleasure. And Uh, we'll definitely have you on real soon. I love it. Thank you.